you know, this, this disaster and just talk about perspective, godly perspective, if you're taking notes. Amen. And I want to read what perspective means. How many know or have learned, and if you don't tonight, this will be a great message for you. Perspective is super important in life. If you have the wrong perspective, it, it, can, it can destroy you. If you have the right perspective, it can change you and bring you out of a situation that looks really ugly. You can be in a really, really bad situation and have a good perspective and come out of it okay. You can be in a really good situation and have a bad perspective and not even realize you're in a good position. Perspective is everything. The definition of it says the appearance of objects or scenes as determined by their relative distance and positions. So what that means is when you have a pers- the right perspective, you are seeing things from the right angle. How many know you can look at something from the wrong angle and get the wrong perspective? How many have noticed that in life? You might have an, just a personal example of yourself, but you, you can see something from a certain angle and it looks different than what it is. And, and sometimes it's not just a visual thing you see from afar off, but sometimes it's how you see a situation or how sometimes how close you are to a situation. Now think about the disaster tonight. We've had our own tornadoes and different things here in the last couple of years here right close by. Our city of Crum, where many of you live, have been affected many times by massive rain and hail damage and stuff like that. And for, for those that were involved in that, uh, those that were far away and heard those things, it didn't affect them that bad because their perspective was different than our perspective here. Right now, we know that the whole nation is praying for Texas, and they just don't realize if they haven't been to Texas that Texas is really big. So it's great that they're praying for Texas. We'll take the prayers up here in North Texas too, amen. But they post this thing that says pray for Texas, and if they haven't been here, they don't realize that even though we're close to Houston, we're four hours away. So it's quite a, quite a distance. They don't know how, how big Texas is. For us up here, it's not affecting us directly. We may have family. I have an uncle. I have cousins that live in, in Houston. And so it doesn't affect us directly because maybe we're not there so it's a little easier for us to have a godly perspective on Houston because we're four hours removed from it. But for those that are there, those that are living in that city, whether they were totally affected by the water or they were standing on the outskirts of the city and were slightly affected, they have a different perspective than we do because they're closer to it. And sometimes the best thing we can do is step away from a situation and get a different perspective. Tonight, if you're really involved heavily in a problem or a situation that seems like it's overwhelming you, seems like it's just almost destroying you, or you feel like you're just getting stressed out about it, one of the best things you can do is step away from that situation and back off and and give it some time. Um, Just a generic little example is a lot of times in the last few weeks working on this building, especially doors, doors are a real pain to work with if you've never hung a door. But anything you're doing, if you're working on with those divisions in that bathroom for the doors and stuff, you're trying to get them level, trying to get them straight, trying to get them right. And then you get into the later hours of the day. You've been working all day long. You're tired. You're irritable. And sometimes I've learned, you know what? This will be here tomorrow. As bad as I want to get this finished, this will be here tomorrow. I'm going to go home and sleep. And when I come back tomorrow, I'm going to have a different perspective about this. My mind's going to be clear. 
I'm not going to be frustrated anymore. And, and, and then I'll come back tomorrow. And so every time that's happened, I've come back the next day and it's fixed pretty quick because now I'm not tired. I'm not irritable. I'm not frustrated with it. I got away from the situation. And now that I came back, I have a clear perspective. How many are following me tonight? Amen. So we have to learn to have a godly perspective on things. And this will really help you in your walk with God. Now, tonight, one of my buddies came in, one of my young buddies here in the church, and he was kind of tired and kind of down. And, and, and I, you know, I know school started and everything. And so I could just see in his face, says, hey, how are you? You know, just put that face on. And so I pulled him aside and I sat down on the chair and I said, listen, buddy, I know you're tired. I know it seems like you're going through some real struggles right now. But just think for a second about these people down in Houston. Just think about some of the boys your age right now. You know, you're tired and you're frustrated from coming from school and having to get on the bus or whatever it is you got to do. But I said, just think about some of the boys your age right now who are sleeping on a cot in a shelter, who don't have a school to go to, who don't have clothes to put on and don't have food to eat. And you know what? As I began to say this to my little buddy, his face changed. His face totally changed. His face lit up. And what happened? All of a sudden, in 30 seconds, I gave him a different perspective. How many, are, how many are understanding that if we just get a different perspective on things? You know what? When tragedies like this happen, and I'm going to give you some verses in a second. When tragedies happen, I was telling my dad today, two things happen. People become bitter or people become better. Also, you see in people one of two things. You see people become uh, better, greater, and, and, and you see their true colors. And, and that can be a good or a bad thing, right? And, 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 and obviously, we're removed, but down there in it, you're seeing two people. You're seeing those who are taking tragedy and just ad taking advantage of it or, or just getting worse. Or you're seeing some that are coming together, as we've heard stories, and just doing great things for God. Um, I don't know the exacts. I should have got a little bit better from Dad, but some of you might have heard it. There's a furniture store company down there in Houston, and, and this man totally uh, opened up one of his entire stores and let people come in and sleep there on his mattresses and on his furniture and on his beds. And he said, this is what, I guess it was a business left to him by his parents, and he said, this is what my parents would have wanted. And so, you know, you see these people doing these things, and, and of course, it's not that people are doing them to be seen, and that's, that's a big thing. You know, we're not making our church available for it to be seen. That We're just doing stuff that we should do. Christians should do these things, amen? We should help in any way we can. And the little bit we can do individually, all together, becomes a lot, and it does a lot. But, you know, when these things happen, they should cause us to stop and think, man, the, and I'm not, to, I'm not down, downgrading or minimizing whatever you're going through. But how many know in the last week or two, when you see something hit home like this close by, all of a sudden your little bills and all of a sudden your little sicknesses and all of a sudden your little problems seem to be a little smaller. Can you say amen? amen? When you start to go to sleep at night and realize I've got a dry floor and a dry bed and sheets and, and electricity and all these things that down there people don't have. And I don't know how many people have lost their lives. I don't have any stats or anything, but I don't, hopefully it's not a lot. I don't think it's just, you know, like horrendous. I don't know. Does anybody know a number? Nine. That's nine too many, but thank God that could be 900. Amen? Could be 90. But I want, I want you to know that this is something that we can look at and say, God, help us see this as an opportunity, not just to help, but to look at my situation and realize, man, I've got it pretty good right now. Because you know what? People down there are right now faced with, you know, we don't, God doesn't ask us, hey, I'm going to give you a tragedy. Do you want it or not? 
or I'm going to allow you to face a, a situation, would you like to or not? He, things just happen. Life just happens. That's natural disaster, it's called, right? And it's just, 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 just nature happening, God's creation happening. Not that he just wants to wipe people out. It's just his nature, the, the nature of creation that he did. A hurricane comes off the water. But when that happens, it causes people, whether they want to or not, to get perspective. So think tonight about the people who are down there and us here. We're, we now have a choice. What's my perspective? I say we should get a godly perspective. Right? We can have a human perspective, but it's not going to get us anywhere. Father, for just a few minutes tonight, anoint your word. Anoint the thoughts you've put in my spirit. Anoint our hearts and our minds. Let us just leave what we got to do tomorrow, tonight, next week, alone for a few minutes, and just take some time tonight to let you give us revelation. Lord, speak to us. Speak to those that are listening online, all around the world, even, God, in different cities, different places. God, we just, as, as Jesse said, we just lift up tonight all of our brothers and sisters in Christ in Houston tonight, all of our family members. Lord, and we just pray that you would take tragedy and turn it into triumph for it, Father. And in this place, help us to have a godly perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. I was, I was thinking about this, and there was a, 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 an explanation that's pretty, pretty amazing. Sometimes we think, people might down, be down in Houston and think, what did I do to deserve this? Did we do something wrong? You know, sometimes our minds can think, well, I, I remember when Katrina happened, a lot of people were saying, and hey, you know what, only God knows. A lot of people were saying, man, that, you know, that's a cursed place, there's a lot of voodoo down there, and so that thing was probably God's wrath, you know. And, and there might be people, how many know that wherever there's bad people, there's godly people too? Right? There might be some bad people in Katrina, might be some bad people in Houston that, that we think God's wiping out. Well, he, he cares about his just too, amen? It's just a natural disaster, but only God knows those things. But when things happen bad, we say, what did I do to deserve this? You ever had something bad happen and immediately thought, what did I do wrong? Where, where am I in the wrong? What, what is my problem? What, what's, what's going on here? And so this one, this one girl uh, was having a problem with her situation, and the, the daughter was saying, man, mom, everything's wrong. I'm failing algebra. My boyfriend broke up with me. And my best friend's moving away. And as she's saying all this, mom's baking a cake. That can already fix problems right there. Amen. I don't know about you. That could just, that could fix some problems for me. You know, right now at this time, I guarantee you, as bad as things are in Houston, if someone brought someone a cake, they might smile. Amen. That might just fix some things. But she, she's, she's listening to this. And, and, and the, the mom says, hey, I'm making a cake. Would you like one? And all of a sudden, her face just changed. She went from complaining to, yes, mom, I love your cake. So guess what the mom did? She took the cooking oil and offered it to her in a spoon and said, taste this. And the daughter was like, what? yuck, yuck, mom, why do I want that? And she goes, here, how about a couple of raw eggs? And the daughter says, mom, that's gross. How about some baking soda and some flour? Mom, those are all yucky. What are you doing? The mother says, yes, all those things seem bad by themselves. But when they're all put together as ingredients, they make something amazing that tastes great. Amen? We have to learn to have a godly perspective to understand that maybe something I'm going through right now tastes yucky by itself. 
Maybe something I'm facing right now seems insurmountable, seems painful. But if I understand Romans 8, 28, that says all things work together for good, and I honestly believe his word, then I've got to trust and believe that everything that's happening right now in my life, good or bad, is happening for a reason, and that thing by itself individually might not make any sense. But if I can step back and get a godly perspective, then I can see it through God's eyes, and I can see that God is going to work this thing out. Amen? Here's another example of godly perspective. We're going to get to the few verses here in just a second. A young couple moves into a new neighborhood. And the next morning while they're eating breakfast, the young woman, I want you to visualize this with me, is looking out of her window and sees the neighbor outside hanging the wash. I know that sounds crazy today, but people still do do that. And she's looking out the window at this laundry that this lady's hanging up, and she says, man, that, that, that clothes, those clothes are not very clean. She must not know how to wash. Maybe she needs some better laundry soap. And her husband just looks on and remains silent. Every time her neighbor would hang her wash to dry, the young woman would make the same comments. About one month later, the woman was surprised all of a sudden one day when she got up to see the woman hanging up the clothes. And all of a sudden, the clothes looked very clean on that line. And she says, wow, that woman must have got the right detergent. That woman must have got the right washer. She must have learned how to clean clothes. The husband says, no, honey. I got up early this morning and washed our windows. See how, see how that is in life? Many times we're looking at a situation with the wrong attitude, with the wrong spirit, with the wrong eyes, and we're the ones that need to clean our lenses, and we're looking at somebody else's life and saying, man, they sure are messed up, it sure is dirty, and it's somebody needs to come and just wipe out what's in our eyes sometimes so that we can see better and have a godly perspective. Amen? That's so important to us. So the question is, which window are we looking through? Amen? Now, I want to give you a few verses tonight, and if you get your Bibles open, just give you a few real quick ones, if I can get my notes going here. Still not able to print yet, so I'm having to use my tiny little phone. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which could be smaller, so through perspective, I'm thankful for the size that it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, give you a few verses. You know, this is just one of those messages that's just life-changing, godly perspective, one of those messages we could probably preach every week and help us get our focus back. Amen? How many know if, if something's out of focus, you know, those, those projectors were out of focus, you wouldn't be able to see that good. I could have, if I had time, could have messed with you tonight and could have, we could have took the time to somehow have the time to get ahead of time and put a ladder up and mess up the focus on the projectors and had you guys worship the whole service with, with unfocused projectors so that you guys couldn't see the words very clear, Right? Wouldn't that have been nice of us? Get you all thinking, man, you know what I would have done? You'd been looking around and asking, can you see that clear? You'd been wondering, is there something wrong with my eyes? And then all of a sudden we could have just said, look, let's just put it, put it in focus. How many have ever been looking at something like that and it's out of focus? Just put it in focus, all of a sudden it looks different. That's perspective. But you've got to get the right angle. You've got to stand back at things. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, okay? For what is unseen, sorry for, sorry, for what is seen is, does anybody see what that says? Temporary. Y'all with me, 2 Corinthians 4.18? 
But what is unseen is what? Eternal. Amen. These are some verses. I'm just going to give you four or five verses right here. If you'll write them down, and whenever your perspective begins to get out of place, whenever you begin to feel like you're not seeing things the way you, you, you need to, you step back and say, God, let me read these verses real quick, and let me get a godly perspective. Okay? I want to read that again. It says 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know what that means? That means that no matter what we're going through, we need to look beyond the problem to eternity. We need to understand that there's always something bigger and better waiting for us, that one day all the problems of this earth will be gone. We'll be in heaven, amen. We'll be celebrating with Jesus. There is coming a day when we won't have to deal with hurricanes. We won't have to deal with disasters. We won't have to deal with cancers and pains. So we look at this and we say, man, this stinks and this is bad, but it's not always going to be bad. We have hope, don't we, tonight, church? Aren't we still believers that we still have hope? We're not like the unbelievers that don't have hope. Can you imagine what it would be like to be unsaved and not have hope and be looking at these disasters and thinking, man, what do I have to look forward to? But we do have something to look forward to. Isaiah 55, 8, one of my favorite verses, you hear me quote it all the time, says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Amen? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. I want to read another story about perspective. If you've ever been on an airplane and flown, it's an interesting thing to see the earth from a plane. Because when you begin to take off, and you're looking out the window, uh, as you get higher, things begin to get smaller. Okay, I want you to think about that. As you get higher, now let me see how many have been on a plane before. Let me see your hands. Okay? If you've ever been on a plane, you understand that as you're taking off, uh, you, you get higher, the things get smaller. I want you to think about that. You get higher, things get smaller. We need our problems to be smaller. Right? We don't need our problems to be bigger. So in God, we can fly up above spiritually the bad things that are going on and we can look down because when we're in the moment and in the situation, everything seems worse. Right? When you're right there, everything seems like there's no hope, there's no way out. It's just horrible. I mean, think about this right now. Most can't. Most can't, but if some of those people that are in Houston right now, trapped even, if they could get out of their surroundings and just get away, what a blessing it would be for any of those people that could get out and then go stay with some family or go get in a hotel or just drive four or five hours away and just, because being there is not going to fix their problem. But just think about what would happen if they would actually just fly, drive away and get four or five hours away and be able to just stare at something besides water. How would that change their perspective? If they could, if they could get on a plane, I, I, I'm sure the airport's not working. If they could get on a plane and fly out and look down, that is a huge disaster, don't get me wrong. But how many know as you got up in a plane and began to fly over that, that disaster would be smaller and smaller and smaller. And they would actually look down at that thing and go, wow. It's not even, listen, this, this sounds crazy. But they would say, this isn't even as bad as it seems down there. 
Are you all following me? That's a fact. As bad as it is, if they began to fly away, they would look down on that, and that problem that seems so big right now that they're in, would, with every foot that they climbed, would get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. To where they would look down and say, wow, I can get a perspective that, man, even though this seems like the whole world has, is gone, I'm getting out of that problem, and now I'm getting further away. And that's one of the things that happens when you have been able to travel anywhere outside of the city you live in. You realize people are people everywhere. Amen? But when you get up away like that, you get a godly perspective. So we need to be able to, you know, one of the blessings already, amazing blessings that I hope you're thankful for and I'm so thankful for, of being where we are is where we are. Amen? Amen? Where we are. Being at this location, out in the country, amen, we're able to just drive into this church and we don't have all these buildings around us and we don't have all this traffic around us. And, and, and we, can just, we can just, when you get out of here and you just drive away today, you're just going to have green all around you. This is kind of a little escape, amen. God saw our faithfulness over there in the concrete jungle for nine years, amen. Now we get to enjoy a beautiful view when we come out here, amen, and we get to just get away a little bit, except we're still close to town. Amen. How many, how many are following me tonight? Sometimes you need to take a drive. Don't do it right now because gas is starting to run out. Don't take that drive right now. Amen. But sometimes you just need to take a drive and just get away. I remember in Costa Rica, we lived in, kind of up going into the mountains a little bit. But for about 15-minute drive, I could go from my house and go up into the mountains. And I could go to this place called Vista del Mar, which was view of the sea. And I, I, I never saw the sea, but supposedly you'd be able to see the sea from there. And I would go up there to this place called Rancho Lorondo, and it was just this outlook over the whole city. And you know what? No matter what problems I was going through, no matter what situation I was facing, if I could just drive up there and just get away from the problems, you know what? The problems never left. But I sure felt better about the problems when I got up on that thing and just looked down on the city and just took a breath. How many are following me? Sometimes you just need to get away from your situation and you need to just take a breath. You know, that's what's cool about coming to church on a Wednesday night. This is a time for you to just get away from your things. That's why we need to just leave the phone alone, leave the life alone, leave the bills alone, leave the situations alone. Come in here, lift our hands, worship God. Someone's going to get this. Just lift your hands and worship God and just close your eyes and just praise the Lord and not think about anything else because God intended this to be a place of restoration. He intended this to be a place of rest. He intended this to be a place of refuge. Amen. It don't have to be physical. I don't, don't have to be for bleeding or, 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 or physical things. It's spiritual, although that spiritual does something to your physical. Amen? And when you just come in and you just lose yourself in worship to God and you just say, Lord, I'm here for you to speak to me tonight, God does amazing things. Amen? So I want to give you a couple more verses. How many want a couple more verses? So we got two so far. Isaiah 55, 8 was the last one. And... Come on. Romans 8.18. Actually, I skipped one, sorry. 2 Corinthians 4.16-18. Can we go there real quick? This is a powerful one. 2 Corinthians 4.16-18. Give me an amen when you get there. So we don't have to be going through Hurricane Harvey 
We can be going through our own hurricane tonight. Amen. We're always, you know, a hurricane it doesn't have to be a physical thing that touches a city. You might be in a hurricane in your own life tonight. You might be a hurricane in your own problems. You might be causing a hurricane to yourself. Amen. You might need to sit back and say, Lord, help, help me get out of this rut I'm in. Help me get out of this thing I'm in. And just help me tonight. I need your help. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, he will hear you. Amen. Call on the name of the Lord and he will hear you. Now watch this. This is, a, this is a message of encouragement, 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not what? What don't we do? We don't faint. We don't lose heart. Even though, watch this, our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Remember that every day that goes by, your outward body, this body here gets older and closer to death. Not really exciting news, but it's true, right? Every day we live, we perish. Amen. We're closer every day to, to, this, to this life ending. But the Bible says at the same time that this physical body is getting older, our spiritual life is getting newer. You know, that means, think about this. Every day I lose, I'm gaining a day spiritually. Every day I lose physically, I get closer to the day that is established. Hebrews 9.27 says that I'll die one day, and God knows what day that is. But every day that I am losing a day on this earth, I am gaining a day closer to being immortal and having a body that is incorruptible. Somebody should get excited there. That's not going to need rest. That's not going to need uh, to go to work. That's not going to need uh, pain medicine. That's not going to need a hospital. That's not going to have to deal with hospital bills. That's not going to have to deal with bills, period. We're just going to be able to rest in the Lord. And so every day that we're perishing here, we're gaining over there. So, man, you say, man, how many have ever gone to bed at night? You say, man, that was a waste of a day. That was a bad day. Nothing went right today. Next time you do that, say, you know what? That, seems like, that seemed like a waste of a day. Seemed like nothing went right. But now I'm just one day closer to eternity. I'm just one day closer to living eternal with the Lord. Now watch this. For our light, verse 17, affliction, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Are you looking at the scripture with me tonight? Let me read it again. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, as I read this again, I want you to look at somebody next to you. I want you to do this with me tonight. Somebody near you say, it's not as bad as it seems. It's not. Now look at that same person and tell them, you need to step away from the problem for a moment. Come on. For reals. Step away from it. And I don't want to hear anybody say, well, I'm married to it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Still step away from it. Amen. You can still step away from it. Amen. Go to work. How many are following me? Step away from it for a moment. Get, that's what I'm talking about. Get a perspective. Get a godly perspective. Because Paul, listen, who's writing this? Am I writing this? Are you writing this? No. Someone who knows about affliction is writing this. Don't ever forget that you're reading a book that's written by people who are like us and many, many times, and let me say most of the time, went through things we could not even imagine. We're listening to a man write this who says, our light affliction, who's in prison, chained up in a dark cell, 
and we, we, we whine sometimes about the silliest things. This man is in chains and in prison and spent most of his ministry in the jail cell, in a prison cell. He says, for this is a light affliction, verse 17, that it's just a moment. You know why we can say it's a moment? Because it's a moment in eternity. It's a moment. You know, someone might say, man, you don't, you don't know. I've been going through this problem for 10 years. That's a moment. Might seem like a long time here, but that's a moment in eternity. You know why Paul's able to say this? Because he has a perspective that is godly and eternal. Godly and eternal. So he says, this is a light thing that's happening, verse 17. And it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, does it sound familiar? But at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, I read the other part of that earlier without reading that part. See how you can read one verse? And it doesn't mean quite as much till you read the couple verses before it. Now we're seeing that Paul is saying, man, I've got to have an eternal perspective on this because I, I, I understand that this is just a moment. Now go to Romans 8. And I'm beginning to close. Romans 8, verse 18. Romans 8, verse 18. Give me a shout when you get there. You're quicker than me. Romans 8, 18. Well, there's some good verses to live by. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Godly perspective. Eternal perspective. Amen? Godly perspective eternal perspective. Paul is looking at this thing and he's saying this cannot, oh but what about a hurricane? What about flooding? What about, well, what about being flogged? What about being beaten to almost to death? What about being thrown in prison and shipwrecked and all the things Paul went through? Yet Paul is able to say I have a godly perspective. I understand tonight that this present suffering, I want you to say that with me tonight, this present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that is waiting for me. Amen? How many accept that tonight? This present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that's waiting on us. You know what we can do? We can minister to our friends and families in Houston. We can tell them that. You don't say it in a way that's nonchalant, but you get the opportunity to minister to them, and you say, listen, let me read you some verses. Don't tell them, you know, it's not a big deal what you're going through. Don't say that. That's not the right words. But say, listen, listen to what Paul said from the New Testament as he was in prison. He, he understood that this present suffering was nothing to be compared to the eternal glory. I remember visiting a friend of mine. I'm going to close with this story. In prison, wasn't a friend when I first met him. Many of you know the story, but I'm not going to tell the whole one tonight. But many of you remember the story, and I, this guy was um, a husband, or we became a husband of a woman in our church, and, and I ended up marrying them in prison. And when I went to visit him, he had a sentence of 36 years. 
with no parole. He was only 22 years old. So at 22 years old, he knew that the day he got out would be no sooner than being 58 years old. And when I would go visit him every Thursday for two years in prison, it, there got to be a moment where I thought, man, I've got to give this guy some eternal perspective or he's never going to make it. And I began to, you know, we need, you know what we need to do more of in, as Believer's Church? We need to be more empathetic. Empathetic. Not pathetic. Not I'm pathetic. Empathetic. EMP. We all do. That means that I, I feel more the pain of others. That I care more. That I, I cannot be here in North Texas. Doesn't mean I can save the world. Doesn't mean that I should lose my joy or my blessing as a believer. But I should be I should be touched enough by the Holy Spirit that it bothers me that people are suffering tonight. I, I can't be that Christian that's out of sight, out of mind. That man, that's, that's them, not us. We can't be that. And I began to be empathetic for this man. I began to think, man, every time I'd visit him, and, and I would think, man, it's a long drive all the way out here to see this guy, Rudy. Man, it's a, it's a lot of time out of my schedule. It's tough on me because I don't like to be in small places, and i got to go into prison and visit this guy. And I don't, have, I don't like going through all these doors. And, I don't like, and, I, and as I began to think about those things, like, man, this is hard on me, I'd begin to walk through those doors, and God would begin to give me empathy for this guy. And he would begin to remind me, when you get done with this session that's so hard on you, you go home. And he goes back to a cell for the next seven days till you visit him again. And you're the highlight of his week because he has no other friends. And this guy was so bad, church, and being saved didn't change it. Changed his spirit but not his circumstances that he was in lockdown his entire time. He's, been, he's still there. Here I am nine years in Texas. I think about him all the time. He's still there. Because I'm gone from Costa Rica doesn't mean he's gone from the cell. He's still there. He's still there. Still in that cell. And he, he was so bad. His, his background was so bad and what he did was so bad. He didn't even get to be with other, other, other prisoners. And he didn't even get to go outside. All he would get to do is go from his cell out a door to another cell of block where he could look up and see the sky. No window. No window. How many are with me? And I thought, my God, in Costa Rica, it rains eight months out of the year. He doesn't even get to see a blue sky. He just gets to see a sky. You know, when we stop sometimes and think about other people, we need to become empathetic. And we need to realize, man, whatever I'm going through, it's nothing compared to what somebody else is going through. And if I would become empathetic for them and I would, and I would care enough to, I can't fix their problem. Listen, I couldn't do anything for him, but you know what I can do? Pray for him. Think about him. I can't go there and break him out of jail. I can't go there and change. I couldn't go and as hard as I tried to talk to the people there and tell them this guy's changed. I couldn't change his situation of being locked down all the time. And, and you know, I tried. I tried through letters. and But I couldn't do that. But what I could do was pray. But you know what I realized at the end of the day was the best thing that I was ever able to give Rudy? Ever? 
I found a picture of him the other day. I was going through all this stuff in the move. How many know when you move, you find old memories? You see stuff you haven't seen for a while. I found a picture of him. And when I was playing over there, I got to, I got here, every time I'd go, he was a big fan of our team, but he was also a big fan of the soccer team that my team played for. And so he always wanted, I gave him almost all my uniforms. I don't have very many uniforms left because I gave him everything. And in this picture, he's got, he's got my, my jersey on, my shorts on, my warm-up pants on, my hat on. He's got it all. And he's making this smile through his prison things. I don't even remember how I got to take a picture of him. I think it was illegal. But I have a picture of him. I honestly don't remember, but I have a picture of him just through those cell bars. But he's happy as could be with this uniform on. And, I, and you know what I was able to give him? I was able to give him the word of God. I was able to give him salvation. I was able to give him hope. I sat there across from him many Thursdays and said, Rudy, you have no, I'm going to be real with you, you have not much hope of ever having a life outside of these four walls. But you know what you do have hope of? That roof lifting off and listening for a trumpet and you going through that roof and going up into heaven called the blessed hope of the return of Jesus Christ. That's what you have hope for. That if somehow you die in this prison cell, you're going to go to be with Jesus. You know, that's what Paul was seeing as he's in those chains. What hope did Paul have? None. Think about it. What hope did he have? None in this life. But he, he says, I consider these afflictions to be nothing. Nothing. And listen, church, when we begin to get in that pity party, we can get in so easy. We need to read the Bible. We need to get ourselves out of that pity party. We need to begin to think somebody's got it worse. And I need to have a godly perspective. And one last verse as you bow your heads and close your eyes is James 1.12. It says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. As you're praying, as your eyes are closed, as your heads are bowed, as you're listening to the Holy Spirit, as He ministers to me, He's ministering to you. Listen again. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. You know why? Because it says, because when He has stood the test, He will receive the crown of life. That God, listen to this, that God has promised. Let me know God can't break his promises. That God has promised to those who love him. Blessed, let me read it one more time as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. You can't persevere under trial unless you have the right perspective. Tonight you might be saying, Pastor, I'm losing the battle. I don't feel like I'm winning the battle. I will tell you, you're not losing the battle. You're losing perspective. If you will just step back long enough to let God give you a godly perspective on your situation, you will get victory. That's a promise. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. 
that God has promised to those who love him. Now, some of you are listening to me right now, and you're thinking, who told you about what I'm going through? You're thinking, you're talking just to me. What do you know about me? No, I'm not. That's the Holy Spirit knowing that you're in a situation right now, and you need to get godly perspective. The Holy Spirit is good at that. Man, is the Holy Spirit good at perspective. So tonight, we're going to pray. We're going to close this service, and we're going to walk out of this place with godly perspective. And you're going to have gained big time tonight because, you know what? You, you might realize that your, that your problem hasn't changed a bit. You might realize that those bills are still on the table. You might realize that that, 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 that uh, sickness might still be in your body. You might realize that that problem you're facing is still right there. But you are going to be able to look at it with a different perspective. And when you see the way God sees, you'll be able to see the things that are eternal tonight. How many all over this place could say, I need godly. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but in your spirit, I need godly perspective tonight. I need God to show me. I need God to take the lens of my vision and, and turn it so I can focus on the right thing tonight. How many tonight could say, you know, I, I don't even know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You're listening online. You're, you're, you're desperate tonight. You're even thinking about, what is my life even worth living? Am, am I even, do, do I even have a purpose on this earth? Why am I even here? And hopefully this message has told you, you have a purpose you have a plan. God thinks the thoughts towards you that are awesome and powerful. And we're all conquerors through him. And his grace is sufficient for us tonight. You can say, Pastor, would you pray for me tonight? I, I would like to accept the grace of Jesus Christ. I would like to be born again tonight. I've never done that. We can pray tonight that Jesus would become Lord of your life. How many could say, that's me? I'm not saved. To, to, together tonight, we're going to say a prayer right now. I feel led to do this. Somebody's going to be listening to this online at this moment. I don't know if they're, they can't listen to it now because it's not live, but they're going to listen to it. And, and somebody's going to be listening to this that's, that's, temp, that's contemplating suicide. They're going through something so bad, and this message is helping them tonight. And we're going to pray the sinner's prayer right now with them. And those are, that person that's listening online, you're going to know that this church is praying with you right now. And you're accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're realizing right now that what you're going through is not as big as the devil has made it seem. And, and things are going to change for you. Church, I want you to say this with me together with these people or persons that are going to say this prayer online. Lord Jesus, I need you tonight. I am not seeing the way you want me to see. I'm seeing things bigger and worse than they are. I need a Savior tonight. I have no hope. But Jesus, I believe through your Holy Spirit you are my hope I believe you died on the cross for my sins I believe you rose from the dead and conquered death so that I could be saved that's why Paul could say those words in the Bible because he understood the power of the resurrection Jesus forgive me for my sins come into my heart live in me change me restore me Make me a new creation. 
Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. We're going to open up the altars. I need godly perspective. I need God to take that focus and just, maybe you're here and you just need the focus to change. Whatever you're needing tonight, I'm telling you, if you'll come and just find a place and pray, by the time you get up, I believe in Jesus' name, that focus will begin to change. You'll begin to see things in a different way tonight. Let God do the work. As we sing this song tonight, I know this is a message that's really going to minister to some people tonight. Just let him touch you tonight as we sing.